Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. How did they discover exoplanets? So Elan, thank you for another great question. Let's hear that again. How did they discover exoplanets? Well, let's start with an, what an exoplanet is. So an exoplanet is a planet that isn't in our own solar system. Exo is on the outside. So they're outside of our solar system. Another place you might have heard exo before is an exoskeleton. That's what insects have. Their skeleton is on their outside. That's what their shell is, right? Whereas ours is on the inside. We have indo skeletons. So I guess you could call our planets like Earth an endoplanet. I don't think anyone actually uses those, but it's kind of a fun thing. Okay, so let's come back to this though. So exoplanets are really, really, really far away. So how did we know to even look for them in the first place? Well, when we discover things in space, we can discover things and be surprised by that. Not so so there's some things that we don't know to look for, and then we just happen to find them. And there's other things that we suspect might exist, and so we look for them on purpose. So an example of one that surprised us was moons around other planets. So Galileo, thinking about him using the first telescope that was used for astronomy. So telescopes at first, when they came out, spyglasses, they were being used to see things far away on Earth. But he went, ooh, what if I point it towards the sky? And I can study things in more detail in the sky. And he looked at Jupiter and he found to his amazement that there were things going around Jupiter in the way that the moon was going around the Earth. So he called them moons, right? He found the the Galilean moons, or the first planets ever found by telescope. And that was a shock. He didn't know to look for those. He just happened to find them. And that changed our understanding of the universe. Now, other things like, say, black holes. We predicted that black holes should exist years and years, decades before they were ever found. So by the time we started looking for black holes, we knew to look for them. And we were trying to come up with ways that we might be able to find them. Now, as you can imagine, finding a black hole is a little bit tricky because it is black, right? It isn't giving off light in most circumstances. It doesn't give off light. So how do you find it? Well, you look for what it does to the things around it. So if it's near a star, you look for how that star might be moving strangely, or you look for the material, the radiation that's being given off as material falls into the black hole. So exoplanets fall into the same category as black holes, and that we knew to look for them. In fact, the idea of an exoplanet is really, really old. We can go back as far as the ancient Greeks. Let's go back before Aristotle, before Socrates. And there were Greeks who were talking about our stars, other suns, or is the sun a star? 
and we can go forward in time. We get to the Renaissance, and there were early scientists then who were thinking about, could there be other planets around other stars? Could those stars be suns too? And then fast forward to the 20th century and the 21st century, we were fairly sure that there should be planets around other stars because there were so many stars. Why would our star be the only one of trillions and trillions of stars to have planets? After all, our star seems to have a lot of planets and all those planets, there's a lot of diversity in them. It seems like there might be multiple different ways planets were formed. So shouldn't that have happened somewhere else? All right. So yeah, we thought, yes, there should be exoplanets. We should be able to, if we have the right technology, we should be able to see them. But many scientists doubted that we would ever be able to see a planet around another star because they're so, so far away. Stars, we measure the distance between stars in what we call light years. So a light year is how far light travels in a single year. Now, light is so fast that on Earth, it seems like it's instant to us, but it's not actually instantaneous. There is a speed limit. And so how far it goes, that's we're going to measure the distance in one year as one light year. And that's about roughly 10 trillion kilometers. I said trillion with a T. That's even more than a billion, right? Our next one up, we go a million, a billion, a trillion. That's really far. So the closest star to the sun is the Alpha Centauri system, or Proxima Centauri is the closest star inside of that system. And that's a little bit over four light years away. So that's a little over 40 trillion kilometers away. <laughs> that's really, really far, right? Now, planets compared to stars are very small. So can you imagine a beach ball? Okay, pretend that the beach ball was the sun. The sun was the size of a beach ball, then Earth would be the size of a pea. Yes, a single pea, that's it. And the distance away from the sun that the next star would be, would be on the other side of the Earth that far away. Now, imagine that it has an Earth-sized planet orbiting around it that's a pea. So imagine trying to see a pea from the entire, ignoring that the Earth is curved, right? But from the other side of the planet. That's really, really, really hard. Now, that's the closest system to us. Most other stars are much farther away. We have stars that are hundreds and thousands of light years away, let alone all the stars in other galaxies, right? So, we knew exoplanets probably should exist. Now, we couldn't say that they did exist until we actually found them, right? But they should exist. So, then the challenge became, well, how do we actually detect them? Now, detecting them is not quite the same as seeing them. Detecting would let us know that it's there but we might not actually have to use sight. So it's like on Earth, you can detect things are there without your vision, right? You can hear when somebody is walking behind you, or you know that somebody was 
in the kitchen because they left the door open. Or you could smell, right? Do you have a dog? Sometimes dogs can be really stinky, right? And you know that the dog is nearby because you can smell how stinky they are. <laughs> so those are our senses here on Earth. But obviously, we're not going to be able to use hearing or smell or anything like that in space. We're going to have to come up with other clever things that let us find these planets. So what can we see? Well, we know that we can see the stars. So what scientists started doing was looking at the stars and trying to see if the behavior of the star, if the qualities about the star could tell us whether it had a planet or not. And so they started looking for things like, well, does the brightness of the star dip slightly on a regular pattern? So if there's a planet orbiting around that star, the planet should block some of the light coming from the star, right? Now it's gonna block it just a teeny, teeny, tiny bit. But if we had really, really good instruments that could measure the brightness of that star, then we could look for the dip in brightness. Now we wouldn't be seeing the planet, but we would be seeing what the planet did to the star. And we also look for things like, well, how does the color change because as planets go around their stars they tug on the star they have gravity too just like the moon is pulling back on earth and causing the tides well it's actually tugging on the whole planet not just the oceans and so it's tugging the earth just a little bit towards the moon so if we were to look at this from a distance it would look like the earth was wobbling back and forth as the moon went around it now, planets do that to their stars. So as Earth goes around the sun, or it would be easier to see it with Jupiter because Jupiter is so much more massive. As Jupiter goes around the sun, it tugs on the sun and makes the sun wobble back and forth. Now, how do we see that that's happening? We look at the color of the light coming from the star. And as the star moves away from us, as it's being tugged on by its planet, the light coming from that star will look a little bit more red. And as it's coming towards us, because the planet is between us and it, then it's going to be a little bit more blue, right? So we'll see the star's color change just a tiny bit red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. And that can tell us that there's an exoplanet around it. So these are what we call indirect methods. And those are the two main methods we use to find exoplanets. We call them the transit method, so that's when a planet transits in front of the star. You could think of it as the eclipse method. It's like when the, the planet causes a mini tiny little eclipse in front of its star. And the second has a few different names. The name I like best is the wobble method because the star's wobbling, but you might hear this called radial velocity as well, or Doppler spectroscopy. Those are other names for it. Those are the main ways that we find exoplanets. And we can tell a lot about the exoplanet just from what it does to its star. But since we know to look for exoplanets, we can also try to see it directly. So actually use light with our telescopes. Now, the problem is when you look at a star, stars are really, really bright. So there's a big glare 
And so you could look at a star and you could just be seeing the glare of it and there's a planet somewhere in there, but you can't figure out what's the planet, the light being bounced off of the planet and what's just the glare of the star. So what we can do is we can actually put a physical little shield, right? Like we can cut out a little shield just the right size and put it between our telescope and the star to block out the starlight and that will let us see what's around the star it'll cut down on that glare a little bit and sometimes in just the right circumstances we can see that there's a planet now it just looks like a point of light just a speck of light but we can see that that planet is orbiting around the star and this is something that we can do with visible light telescopes and we can actually do this as well with other types of telescopes that see light, like for instance, infrared light. And this can help us to be able to find the planet in the glare of its star. Okay, so there's a lot we talked about today, right? We talked about some of the different methods. Now, there is an episode and I will leave it in a link where we go into even more detail on how we find exoplanets, okay? So I'll put that link into the description box. If you haven't heard that episode already, go ahead and check it out. Have your folks click on that for you. Now at the beginning though, we talked about when we're looking for things, we there's some things that we know to look for. Like we knew to look for exoplanets. We knew to look for black holes. Another thing that we should talk about is the idea of quasi stars. That's something black hole stars that we know to look for. Maybe they exist, maybe they don't. But then we also have things that we discover that we didn't even know to look for when we discovered them, like moons around Jupiter. And both kinds of discoveries are really important and a lot of fun. They open up our understanding of the universe. And with every new discovery comes 2030, there comes hundreds of new questions. And as scientists, it's our job to chase after those questions and find out the answer that we can get more and more questions. So thank you so much for writing in with your questions. Everyone who's listening, we really appreciate you being here. And if you have any questions you'd like us to talk about here on the podcast, please go ahead, have your folks send that to the email in the description. And as always, friends, I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious. <laughs>